Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 13. And in just a moment, I want to read this passage uh, with you. And uh, I'll invite us to think together a little bit about the prayer challenge. Uh, Sometimes we don't talk enough about what the Bible says about prayer, and we make some assumptions, so it's always good to study what Jesus has to say about prayer. So before I read the scripture, I would like to invite us to pray together, if you'd bow for just uh, a moment of silence, a centering focus, a time to be in God's presence, and then uh, I'll lead us in prayer. Holy God, you are our king. You are our ruler. You are also our guide and our defender and our provider. You are the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the giver of the blessed Holy Spirit. And so today we pause to thank you that through Jesus Christ we have been rescued from our sins. We are being rescued from our sins. And through Jesus Christ we are participating in your never-ending life that begins in this life, rich and abundant, and forever and ever. So from that eternal perspective, with that precious eternal life pulsing in us, we pray together that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven that you would teach us daily what it means to be your people in faithfulness, in our witness and in our service. We pray for the needs of our community, for the hungry, for the homeless, for the discouraged, for the families in crisis. And we pray for our world, for wars to cease, for refugees to be cared for, for the leaders of nations. We pray, God, that you might guide us daily to listen to your voice. And God, we would ask you to bless the military personnel serving everywhere over the earth, be with their families, bless missionaries and our mission partnerships, bless those who are incarcerated, that you would care for them today and their families, bless those who are struggling with mental illness, physical illness, those who are grieving, those who are walking into the sanctuary this morning with pain that they can't even talk about to someone else, that you would be the God who liberates and lifts burdens and blesses. Mighty God, guide our thinking together in, in Scripture about prayer. Guide our understanding. May your Holy Spirit be present, convicting, teaching, drawing, comforting, and challenging. And this is our prayer in the name of the mighty Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you're able, I'll invite you to stand together, and I'll read aloud from Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. 
And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds and For everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Of the four Gospels, Luke has the most to say about prayer. And it's fitting that in this section of Scripture, uh, Luke reminds us of some very important things that Jesus taught about prayer. If you recall, we've been in this section of Scripture for several weeks, and it's Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem. From Luke 9.51, there's a pivot in the Luke's gospel narrative, and Jesus is moving toward the cross, his destiny of suffering for his people. And on the way, he's teaching about discipleship. He's teaching about what it means to follow him, to follow Jesus. And so this prayer section is a reminder that you can't be a serious follower of Jesus without prayer. In fact, that's so important In case any of you do go to sleep in air conditioning, I'm going to say it again. There is no serious following of Jesus without prayer. Prayer is central. And so there are two very central central truths in this passage of Scripture. And we're going to look at for just a few moments. Persistence in prayer and the relationship between God and the one who is praying. First of all, persistence in prayer. Jesus tells a mini-parable, M-I-N-I, a miniature parable. He he tells a story about a a man who's on a journey and knocks on the door. You see, in ancient Middle East culture, it was so hot during the day that people often traveled early in the morning and late at night, by foot usually. And when they arrived uh, finally so weary of a night in a particular place... They were reluctant to stay in inns, public lodging places, because first of all, most of them could not afford it. Secondly, the inns were not safe, and often the inns were nothing more than brothels. And so they would count on that Middle Eastern Jewish hospitality, and they'd knock on the door of a friend. Well, Jesus said, imagine that a friend has knocked on your door late at night, and uh, you want to extend hospitality, but there's no bread, nothing to set before him. So you go to another neighbor's house and you start knocking on that door. And the one inside has just put his kids down for bed. Most of the homes were one room. So at bedtime, uh, the children would lie on pallets and the parents would lie on pallets beside them in the same room. And, And you can imagine... 
They finally tell the stories. They finally get their last drink. They finally go to the bathroom. They finally answer questions. And, you know, you finally get the kids to sleep and somebody's knocking at the door. And the person inside says, shh, be quiet. My kids are asleep. I can't get up. If I move around, they'll wake up. Jesus says, even though you won't get up and answer the door because there's a friend outside, you'll eventually answer the door to get him to quit knocking. Just out of his persistence. And the word persistence, interestingly, in the Greek, has that shade of meaning meaning that is shamelessness. Because this man is shamelessly knocking, he's not embarrassed at how long he's knocking, he's not embarrassed, he's not self-conscious about how hard and how loudly he's knocking, he's just persistent. And of course it's a parable of contrast. God who is so much better will grant our request because of our persistence. And so Jesus introduces in verse 9 those words we sang in that chorus not long ago. Three verbs, ask, search or seek, and knock. But they are imperative present tense. And that means that the force of the language is not asking once, seeking once, and knocking once. It's a perpetual action, a continuous action. Jesus is saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. It's a continual, persistent activity. And with that command comes a promise that for the one who keeps on asking, they'll be receiving. For the one who keeps on seeking, they'll be finding. For the one who keeps on knocking, doors will be opened. The reality is that God's treasure of blessing is for those of us who are persistent in prayer. God is willing God is able, God invites us to be persistent. Now I want to pause right here and I want to ask you to grade yourself on how persistent you are in your prayer life. Are you persistent in prayers for those you care about who are without Christ? Or did you just give up? Are you persistent in prayers for your personal needs and your family's needs? Or did you just quit? Are you persistent in prayer uh, about our nation's pain and struggles? Are you persistent in prayer for the kingdom of God to come? Or did you just cynically give up? Uh, Janet and I have friends that we reconnected with over this summer, and they were sharing with us that watching the evening news had become a horrible burden to them with all of the violence and with all of the vitriol and hateful speech in this political season. And they said they just felt oppressed and they they just struggled. They felt like they needed to stay informed, but they just felt so horrible after after watching a daily cycle of news. And and then they hit on this this, uh, experiment that they shared with us. They, they record the evening news. They don't watch it live. And just a little while after it's done, they sit down together and they watch the first segment and then they push the pause button and one of them prays over what they've just heard. And then they play a little bit more. 
And they pause at the end of that segment. And they pray over that particular matter. And they looked at us and they said, you know what? It helps. It helps. You know, there's a historian at Oxford. Uh, his name was Herbert Butterfield. And he, he's a, his specialty is modern history. And he made this statement once that what Christians can do in prayer is more significant than it's, more, it's a more significant factor in shaping history than war or diplomacy or technology or art. He said what Christians can accomplish in prayer is a more significant factor in the shaping of human history than war and diplomacy and technology and art. And the question I have for us as people of God this morning is, are we panicking more than we're praying? Are we being persistent in prayer? Or are we caving to the panic around us? Are we more focused on the bad news or on the good news of Jesus Christ and what God is doing? See, God calls us to be persistent in prayer in every facet of our lives and to not give up. There's the second thing that this scripture deals with, and that is the relationship between God and the prayer. And did you notice that when Jesus gave us the model prayer, he didn't say, pray like this, God who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, learn to pray our Father. And there's a huge difference. Our Father implies relationship. Our Father implies love and care and concern. It, it assumes that connection. And Jesus, again, tells a mini parable, a, a miniature parable. He said, now, which one of you parents out there, if your child asked for a fish, you would, you would startle that child and play a trick and bring a plate with a snake on it? Which one of you, as a parent, if the child asked for an egg, would instead uh, put an ugly scorpion on the plate and say, ah, gotcha, scared you to death? We wouldn't do that to our children, Jesus said. Why would we not do something cruel and unkind and unhelpful? Why would we avoid doing something like that to our children? Because of relationship. Because of deep heart connection. Because of our commitment to the very best in our children's lives. And Jesus said, if we as evil know how to do good to children, how much more does the Heavenly Father know how to give the Holy Spirit to his children. See, prayer opens us up to God's character, his faithfulness, his goodness. And prayer opens us up to God's generosity, that God has so much he wants to give us and do for us. The great theologian Karl Barth was once, uh, once writing about the six days of creation and and that majestic scripture in uh, the first two chapters of Genesis, uh, as the story unfolds about God uh, creating time and space. And, and Bart, rather than getting tangled up on a lot of 
a lot of technical things that, that, uh, that we have no way of understanding. He said, he just backed up and he said, after he had made commentary on that section of scripture, he said, just pause and think. The creator God has time for us. Have you ever thought about it that way? The creator God has time for you. The creator God invites you into relationship. The creator God invites you into partnership, invites you to spend time with him. That's an incredible privilege that God has time for us. And what Jesus said in verse 13, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you understand what that scripture is saying? That God gives a part of God's self, that God deposits in me and deposits in you a very part of his being. He deposits the Holy Spirit within us. And that means that we're called into that relationship. We're called into that connection. And here's the part I want you to see. That relationship always precedes requests. You see that? You notice how we get tangled up and we want to put requests first and then maybe we'll get to know God if we have time. But relationship precedes requests. Now, it's okay to ask God for things, but requests grow out of relationship. Prayer is not a matter of ignoring God and then when we're in an emergency, rushing in and giving God a laundry list. That's not prayer. Prayer is about relationship. And relationship precedes requests. And that's why Jesus ended this section by talking about God loving us so much that he gives us his Holy Spirit. That when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, when we repent and acknowledge our need, he forgives us and he gives us a part of his life inside of us. Relationship precedes requests. And requests grow out of relationship. How many times have we turned that around and we've ignored the relationship for the sake of the hurry that we're in? I had a conversation several years ago with a man who was, uh, by his own admission, out of fellowship with Christ. Uh, he'd, he'd served the Lord. Uh, he'd been in step with the Spirit. And then he hit this patch where he just, he made a wrong turn. And he was trying to analyze it himself and he was trying to figure out where he went wrong and what he left off. And he finally came to the place where he traced back his, his wrong turn and he said, I traced it back to prayerlessness. I traced it back to prayerlessness. He said, I started skipping my time with God and everything went south. And then this is what he said. Naming things we need is not prayer. That's a part of prayer. And scripture invites us to make that a part of prayer, but that's not the sum total of prayer. Naming things 
that we need is not prayer. And then he said this, speed praying is not a relationship. Speed praying is not a relationship. You can't rush that experience with God. You can't rush that relationship with God. It takes nurture, takes time, it takes attention and intentionality. Speed praying is not relationship. Relationship precedes requests. Requests grow out of relationship. So, God is calling us all this morning to a relationship. And as a part of that, God is calling us all to prayer. So the invitation is to become disciples who are radically committed to relationship with God and radically committed to prayer. So are you ready? Start asking, start seeking, and start knocking. Persistence in this beautiful relationship which Christ has called us. Let's bow our heads together. Loving God, we thank you for grace that is always sufficient. We trust your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts during this response time that you might be honored in all things. With our heads bowed, we just pause for a moment to take a breath and think about what God's call on our life might be. Whatever it is that you're forming in response When we stand and sing in a moment, perhaps right where you stand, you can move to a new level. You can do something different. You can do something more intentional about following Jesus. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus. You've not not yet become a follower of Christ. You're ready to do that, hungry to do that. We'll be here at the front to pray with you and to help you and to answer questions to show you how Jesus Christ can come into your life. Perhaps you want to come and recommitment of your walk or there's a church membership decision. Maybe you're already a believer but you want to join this church. Whatever might be on your heart, we invite you to just obey during this response time. Amen.